Welcome. You're listening to Faith vs. Weight with Maria Bauer. Maria is a former U.S. Navy Health Information Systems Officer, current health and wellness coach, and author of the book, Faith vs. Weight, reminding you that you already have victory in Christ. Now, here's your host, Maria Bauer. Hello and welcome. Thank you for listening. For those of you recently joining the Faith vs. Weight podcast, there are three seasons, each with a distinct emphasis. For a Christian weight management program that actually works, check out Season 1, Episodes 1-10, through 10, based on the book Faith vs. Weight, Magnifying the Glory of God, and Season 2, Episodes 13-63, through 63, based on the accompanying action guide, Faith vs. Weight, Daily Strength to Shine. You are now listening to Season 3, Episodes 64 and Beyond, focusing specifically on the faith aspect of the Faith vs. Weight program. Season 3 can be used as a spiritual maintenance plan as you grow through the Word of God or in tandem with the weight management program covered in Seasons 1 and 2. Season 3 is based on the chronological 5-day Bible plan, BibleClassMaterial.com, covering the entire Bible in just one year, because faith comes from hearing, and hearing from the Word of God, Romans 10, 17. Welcome to Season 3. Today is Week 3, Day 4, covering Genesis 35-37, through Psalm 12, and Mark 14. The words of the Lord are flawless. In Genesis 35, we had God telling Jacob to go to Bethel to live and to make an altar at the same place where God appeared to him when he fled from Esau. Jacob told everyone to put away their false gods, purify themselves, and put on fresh garments because it was time to go to Bethel and make an altar to the Lord who was with him whichever way he went. They gave Jacob their false gods and ornaments, and Jacob hid them under an oak tree. As they traveled, the terror of God hit every city around them so that no one pursued them. Once they arrived at Bethel in Canaan, Jacob built an altar to the Lord, naming the place El Bethel, meaning God revealed. After Rebekah's nurse died, they buried her, and once again God appeared to Jacob, telling him, Your name is no longer Jacob, and he named him Israel. God told Jacob that he was El Shaddai, and to be fruitful and multiply, and that a nation and a company of nations, as well as kings, would come from his body, and that the land of Abraham and Isaac would belong to him and his seed. Jacob set up a pillar and poured a drink offering and oil on it, naming the place Bethel, because the words of the Lord are flawless. When they started traveling again, Rachel went into a life-threatening labor and died. But before she passed, her midwife told her that she was having a son. Rachel named him Benoni, which meant son of my sorrow. But Jacob renamed him Benjamin, which means son of my right hand. Rachel was buried in Ephrath, which is Bethlehem, and Jacob set up a pillar on her grave. The twelve tribes of Israel were now complete in their birth order, Reuben, Simeon, Levi, Judah, Gad, Asher, Dan, Naphtali, Issachar, Zebulun, Joseph, and finally Benjamin. Israel then traveled beyond the Tower of Eder, and while he was traveling, he heard his oldest son Reuben had slept with his concubine Bilhah. Jacob went to his father Isaac in Hebron, and at 180 years old, Isaac died. And as the Bible says, he was old and full of days. Both Esau and Jacob buried him. Genesis 36 goes on to list the history of the generations of Esau, otherwise known as Edom. He had five sons from his three wives, two Canaanite and one Ishmaelite. Esau left Canaan and took his family, livestock, and possessions to Sir because Esau and Jacob had both grown too big for them to live 
in the same area with all of their livestock. After listing the generations from Esau, otherwise known as Edom, the kings who reigned over Edom were also listed as well as the chiefs. Genesis 37 starts off with the history of Jacob, beginning with Joseph being 17 years old. After Joseph was feeding the flock with his brothers, he brought Jacob what is described as an evil report. Joseph was already the favorite, and he sported a multicolored coat given to him by his father, which of course reminded his brothers that Joseph was the favorite. His brothers knew this and hated him. Then, to make matters worse, Joseph had two dreams that he decided to share. The first he described was of him and his brothers tying up large grains of wheat, with his being the tallest and their bundles of grain bowing down to his. The second dream he told to his brothers and his father. In this one, the sun and the moon and 11 stars bowed down to him. The words of the Lord are flawless. Not only did his brothers hate him, even more after this, but his father rebuked him, asking him, did you actually dream that your mother and I, along with your brothers, will bow down to you? At this point, his brothers envied him, but his father kept all of this to himself. Then his brothers went out to feed the father's flock. His father told Joseph to go and then bring back word about how his brothers in Shechem were doing. After finding out that they were in Dothan, he headed out to meet them. When his brothers saw Joseph, who they called the dreamer, coming, they agreed it was time to kill him, saying they'd see what would become of his dreams after they cast him in a pit. The plan was to tell everyone a wild animal killed him. When Reuben, the oldest, heard this, he said, let's not take his life. Let's just throw him in a pit. Reuben wanted to come back and get him later. When Joseph arrived, they took his coat of many colors and threw him in a pit. As they were eating, a caravan of Ishmaelites on their way to Egypt passed by. Judah suggested they sell Joseph to the Ishmaelites instead of having him die. So they sold him for 20 pieces of silver, and the Midianites brought him to Egypt. When Reuben returned and saw Joseph was not in the pit, he tore his clothes and asked, Where will I go? So they took Joseph's coat, killed a male goat, and dipped the coat in the blood. Then they took the multicolored coat back to Jacob and asked him if it was Joseph's. Jacob recognized it and said, An evil animal has devoured my son. All of his sons and daughters tried to console him, but Joseph wept, saying he would go down to Sheol to his son mourning. In the meantime, the Midianites sold Joseph into Egypt to Pharaoh's officer Potiphar. Psalm 12 starts out with David asking for help from the Lord, because the godly man ceases and the faithful fail. Everyone lies, speaking flattery with their lips and boasting with their tongues, asking, who is Lord over us? In contrast, when it comes to the oppression of the needy, the Lord says, I will set those in safety from those who malign them. The words of the Lord are flawless words, as silver refined in a clay furnace, purified seven times. Psalm 12:6. In Mark 14, two days before the Passover feast, the chief priests and scribes were plotting to seize Jesus and kill him. They knew they couldn't do it during the feast, since that might cause a riot. In the meantime, Jesus was at the house of Simon the leper, and a woman showed up with a very costly alabaster jar of pure ointment, breaking the jar to pour the ointment over his head. Some judged her, saying, she could have sold that for 300 denarii instead, and the money could have been used for the poor, to which Jesus told them to leave her alone, since she did a good thing, and that they will always have the poor, and that good can be done to them whenever they wanted, but that they would not always have him. 
Then he told them that she had anointed his body for burial. Truly, I tell you, wherever this good news may be preached throughout the whole world, that which this woman has done will also be spoken of, of a memorial for her. Mark 14.10 Meanwhile, Judas Iscariot was plotting to deliver Jesus over to the chief priest. Jesus' disciples asked him where they should make his Passover meal. He sent two of the disciples and told them to go into the city and that they would find a man carrying a pitcher of water. Whatever house they followed him into, they were to tell them that the teacher asked for his guest room where he may eat Passover with his disciples. That evening, he came there with the twelve, and as they were eating, he said that one of them who was eating with him would betray him. Saddened, they asked him that it surely was not one of them. When Jesus told them it was one of the twelve who dips with him in the dish. But woe to him that betrays the Son of Man. It would be better if he were never born. As they were eating, he took bread, and when he had blessed it, broke it, and gave it to them and said, Take, this is my body. He took a cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave to them. They all drank of it. He said to them, This is my blood of the new covenant, which is poured out for many. Truly I tell you, I will no more drink of the fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it anew in the kingdom of God. Mark fourteen twenty two to 25 Jesus then quoted the Old Testament saying that all would fall away like scattered sheep once the shepherd was gone, to which Peter said he would not. Then Jesus goes on to tell Peter, before the rooster crows twice, you will deny me three times. But Peter insisted he would not. He then took Peter, James, and John with him to the Garden of Gethsemane, telling them his soul was sorrowful even to death, telling them to stay and watch. He also told them to sit there while he prayed, and he became very distressed. He said to them, My soul is exceedingly sorrowful even to death. Stay here and watch. Mark fourteen thirty four. Then he said, Abba, Father, all things are possible to you. Please remove this cup from me. However, not what I desire, but what you desire. Mark fourteen thirty six. Then he found them sleeping, asking Peter, Simon, are you sleeping? Could you not watch one hour? Telling them the spirit was willing, but the flesh was weak. Two more times he went away, prayed, and said the same words. Finally, he said, Sleep, the hour has come, the Son of Man is betrayed. And he told them that his betrayer was nearby. Immediately before he was finished speaking, Judas showed up telling the multitude of chief priests, scribes, and elders with swords and clubs to seize the one that he would kiss and to take him away safely. Then he immediately went right up to Jesus, calling him rabbi, and gave him a kiss. And they laid hands on him and seized him. One that was with Jesus drew his sword and cut off the high priest's ear. Jesus answered them, Have you come out as against a robber with swords and clubs to seize me? I was daily with you in the temple teaching, and you did not arrest me. Mark fourteen forty-eight and 49. Peter followed from a distance until he was warming himself by the fire of the court of the high priest. In the meantime, the chief priests were looking for witnesses against Jesus to put him to death, but couldn't find any. Many gave false testimonies, but they did not agree. The high priest then asked Jesus, Have you no answer? But he stayed quiet and answered nothing. Again, the high priest asked him, Are you the Messiah, the Son of the Blessed One? Jesus said, I am. 
you will see the Son of Man sitting at the right hand of power and coming with clouds of the sky. Mark 14, 61-62. At this point, the high priest started tearing his clothes, asking, Why do we need witnesses? You've heard the blasphemy. And then they all condemned him to death. They spit, beat him, and yelled out, shouting, Prophesy! with the officers slapping him. While Peter was in the courtyard, someone recognized that he was with Jesus, but he denied it. The same maid said a second time that he was one of them, but he denied it again. Finally, they said, you are truly one of them. At this point, Peter started cursing and swearing, saying, I do not know this man. And immediately he heard the rooster crow the second time. And he remembered what Jesus said and wept. Today's reflection The words of the Lord are flawless. Today's action, when you have been heartbroken, disappointed, and or betrayed, remember that the words of the Lord are flawless. Daily Devo is just a snapshot intended to get you excited about the rest of the greatest story ever told. Check out Genesis 35 through 37, Psalm 12, and Mark 14. Just 15 to 30 minutes a day of Bible listening on one of your favorite Bible apps, While you are driving, working out, doing the dishes, or folding laundry, five days a week will allow you to cover the entire Bible in one year as God's promises cover you in the process. For a Christian-based weight management program that actually works, check out Season 1, Episodes 1 through 10, and Season 2, Episodes 13 through 63 of this podcast. For the print versions, check out the book, Faith versus Weight, Magnifying the Glory of God, and Action Guide, Faith versus Weight, Daily Strength to Shine. Thank you for listening to Faith versus Weight, reminding you that you already have victory in Christ. Consult your physician before starting any weight loss or exercise program. 